Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's, what's, what's wrong with you? for the local church and by the local church and we are your local churchmen my name is josh and i'm here as always with the man himself who needs no introduction captain jack captain it is good sir it's good to see you my man it's always good to see you and uh how has your week been my friend I was just uh, lamenting to Josh mm. that I got yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't get yelled at. I got. I got. I got almost. Uh, you got. You got, you got unjustly, unjustly yeah. uh, 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 yelled at. Yeah, yeah. I almost got thrown under the bus. I got drisky business. Yeah. So ain't gonna happen. Um, <laughs> ain't gonna happen. <laughs> anyway, it, it's a. Hey, I, I gotta. I gotta say, I probably. I have one of probably the better work teams that I've ever had yeah. in my life. Yeah, for um, sure. Mainly because I've never had a time in which the the turnaround for me getting crap from somebody mm-hmm. of the hiring managers to my manager and supervisor basically coming to them and saying, uh no, that ain't right. Yeah. And and yeah. oh by the way, like you need to apologize. Yeah. Was within an hour. That's awesome. Like, that's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> that's crazy. It's nice being in a workplace that like has your back, you know? Yeah, that's 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 legit. That's legit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. So, you know, we recently moved up to Cedro. Right. Um, And uh, I just got a letter in the mail from our previous landlord that we had when we were living down south. And he's like, here's your closing statement. I'm like, oh, okay." I'm like, oh, well, let's guess we'll see what's going on. Right. So I open up the letter, Jack. And inside the letter is a check. It's a check for our total deposit that we put on the apartment what? years ago. He didn't have to dude, we left that apartment so so nice when we left. Yeah. He didn't yeah. have to do any repairs, any cleaning. It was our full deposit in check form. Dude, I was like I opened that up and I was like 
Praise God from who? <laughs> dude, yeah. it was awesome, dude. Oh, yes, yeah, dude. Seriously, man. man. So like, I got that when I got home from work, man. And I was like, I was like, what is oh. this? Oh, whole check, our oh, whole deposit, yeah. dude. Let's go. Um, so that's probably. I mean, I mean, not the whole thing. Like, we're not going to Tahiti, but uh, I want to. Yeah. I want to take my wife on a little uh, anniversary trip. Our anniversary is coming up next month. Um, mm-hmm. and we want to, I want to, want to take her to the beach or something like that. So that's gonna, that's gonna help out with that. But I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, just, just a neat, just a neat little, uh, Hey, here's a little, uh, here's a little, here's a little something, something make your day, make your day a little brighter. Yeah. So I'm happy yeah. about that. That's pretty cool. Well, Jack, my friend, before we hop into our topic today, why don't you give us the reformatory cigar, or in this case, my friend cigars of the week, what do you got for us? All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, February is for foundation. Uh, per usual, we are continuing this uh, month series where we match the first letter of the month with a first letter of a cigar brand that we like and that we've smoked. Uh, and we've been continuing with Foundation Cigars. And this week, uh, like Josh has stated, this the cigar release was interesting. Mm. Um when it first happened, I was kind of like, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was a joke. Uh, <laughs> it was so Foundation Cigars released um, out of their Tabernacle series. So we talked about the Tabernacle before, um, mm-hmm. kind of within this line. So they released another iteration of Tabernacle Cigars called, it's not just David. You can't have David without who you got to have Goliath with David. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a double header of the David and Goliath from foundation cigars. So the David obviously is going to be the smaller perfecto. The Goliath is going to be the larger perfecto per their persons. Yep. <laughs> and obviously like history, both biblical and literal history, like they were both. Um, so the, the David is a five by 54, uh, if you know cigar lengths, and then the Goliath is just a, a tad bit bigger, a five by 58. So a little bit more, more I would say, like um, width in the Goliath, per se. Yeah. So um, this is, okay, so both of these cigars are going to be, the wrappers are going to be Connecticut Broadleaf. Mm-hmm. This is a complex. This is another complex cigar. It is. is these are like these foundation. are great sticks. Um, the wrapper is Connecticut Broadleaf. The binder is Mexican San Andreas, mm-hmm. and the fillers are going to be Nicaraguan and Honduran. Yep. So this makes it out for a very, I wouldn't say very, but a fuller strength cigar. Okay. And so, um, basically, it's just. Uh, you know, I'm just looking off of his website, honestly, to see if I can get some more details. Um, but basically, like, it's it's a very, uh, it starts out, I would say, it's got so many different complex notes to it. So it's got, like, a very earthiness to it. It's got, like, a sweetness as well to it. It has a, um, at times, peppery, but not overpoweringly peppery mm-hmm. taste to it. Um... What else can I tell you about the taste of this cigar? It's, 
I would say it's um, the San Andreas. The San Andreas gives some sweetness, and yeah, that it does. and that's something that I didn't expect with these because if you look at them again, it's a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. But if you look at them, they're dark yeah. cigars, and that's why, oh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, you can't always go off of the color of the cigar. That's a mistake a lot of rookie cigar cigar smokers make is they look at the they yeah. look at the wrapper and like oh it's light you know it's a lighter wrapper it must be a light smoke or oh it's dark it must be dark smoke that's not always the case that's not always the yeah. case and this one is a Connecticut but it's got some some deep flavor and I remember it being a little sweet and I think I preferred I think I preferred the Goliath and you preferred the David if I remember correctly yes yeah that's true yeah yeah yes. it's a good both stick. of us are at different at different sides of this battle, per se. Yeah. Um, so I would I would say the MSRP on this is going to be, uh, I would say for David, it's going to be a little bit cheaper. I think if I remember correctly, MSRP for David was like 8 to 10. Yep. MSRP for Goliath was like 11 to 12 or 13, somewhere around there, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So but these are very good. I honestly, if I had a box of these... This is a good, I think this is a good everyday smoke to be quite oh, honest. Oh, it 100% is. Yep. So, yep. yeah. Uh, I think the, I think the, the Vitola size or the shaping of it, it just makes it for that everyday smoke. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it doesn't make it overwhelmingly like a, a battle to smoke the cigar versus like if you're smoking a Churchill or a Toro or something like that, it's going to take you longer to smoke it. Right. But I think the size of the cigar kind of helps out with that. It does. Both even in the David or Goliath. Yep. But these are up there. I I think these are probably one of my favorite uh, favorite cigars from the Tabernacle series. Really good, uh, and from Foundation, just because it's just those flavors and that combination that the, he did with this blend is just so good, so delicious. That, friends, is the David and Goliath. There it is. Foundation. There it is. Great sticks. Try them out. Check your local brick and mortar. See if they have them. Definitely worth trying. Jack is always well done, my friend. Excellent work. Excellent work. My friends, that is the Reformatory Cigars, cigars excuse me, of the week. And you know what to do. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So today we got an interesting topic today. Uh, we're actually talking yes. about um, how to biblically go about rebuking a fellow brother or sister in Christ. All right. Yeah. Not a very popular topic. All right. No. Uh, our culture <laughs> does not like rebuke. Right. Uh, and I think that has kind of crept into the local church as well. It's not something that is enjoyable to do. And if you're the type of person that enjoys rebuking, that's probably a bad sign. I'm just going to I'm going to yeah. I'm going to be comfortable and confident with making that statement right out of the gate, because I think <laughs> you get a lot of pastors and not even just pastors, just just Christians. Right. Who kind of thrive on controversy. I think we see that a yeah. lot. Right. And. Yeah. The type of people that'll say like, oh, like I, like I, you know, conflict is something that I actually enjoy. Like I enjoy conflict. Right. And I think there's a difference between enjoying conflict and being proficient in conflict. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a very important distinction to speak about because God, God has equipped many individuals. And I like to think, uh, you know, just in the experience, you know, that to a certain degree, you know, he's 
equipped me to do that. Just being in counseling, you kind of you kind of have to, right? Otherwise, you're not going to last very yeah. long. Yeah. But I can firmly say it's not something I enjoy. It's it's never something that I look forward to. Um, yeah. And there might be some fear of man issues there, as you know for sure. But it's also just it's not it's not something that I take joy in. Right. So when when we talk about rebuking, you know, calling someone basically to the carpet because of their sin. Uh, when we talk about doing that, it's I think it's it's important to to speak of right out of the gate that it's not it's not something that you should do with joy. Right. And and in, in enjoyment. It, it's a somber thing. It's a somber thing, but it's a needed thing. And we see in the scripture many examples of it happening, right? You have the 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 two ladies that Paul speaks of, right? That um, that are basically you know, at, at odds with each other and causing division within the church. And Paul publicly rebukes them and calls them out and says, yeah. hey, stop it, right? Yeah. Um, we see, you know, obviously Christ rebuking the Pharisees countless times, Right. Uh, but in all those all those all those times, we see we see that it, that it's a necessary thing. But we also see that they follow, I think, a very important. I would say uh, the way that they rebuke. That we see in the scripture when it's done correctly, I think, follows some rules and I think has some truths within it within that that is important to pull out. So, yeah. Um, what Jack and I have done is we've got we've got a couple points here that we're just going to kind of go through systematically. I think there's four of them um, that we talk about. What what are some things to keep in mind when you are called to rebuke a brother or sister in the Lord? And it's going to happen if you're in the local church. It's going to happen sooner or later. Right. That like Matthew 18, if we follow that process of of confront of confronting sin and dealing with sin, step one is what? It's a one on one thing. Right. It's a one on one meeting. You're not you're not jumping to step three and bringing it right to the elders. Right. If somebody sins against you, your responsibility is to first go to them by yourself. Right. So this is something that we're all eventually going to have to do at one time or another the side of heaven. And it's important to know how to do that well and in a way that's actually going to be uh, beneficial for the individual and not damaging to the relationship because you did it incorrectly, right? So, yeah. uh, Jack, any words on that first before we kind of hop into hop into some of these points? Yeah, so, I would say most things sometimes can alleviate themselves in the local church when you're just doing a one-on-one. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, if somebody says something that's off, stuff like that, I feel that one-on-one has been more more likely to happen than elevating that further. So, yeah, yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot of wisdom uh, that obviously we see in the Gospel of Matthew there, and in, in making that the first step, right? Because it is it's a very personal thing, right? And it requires you to, I think. As as we're going to get into in some of these points, it requires you to have the other person's good in mind and the relationship in mind. And you're not just appealing to the authority over you and saying, "Okay, you guys deal with this because I don't want to have to. Right. Uh, Step one is a very personal thing. 
Uh, and I think it's intentionally yeah. modeled that way, right? So, Jack, uh, when we talk about uh, rebuking a brother and sister, right, calling them to the standard of Scripture, bringing them out of transgression, if you will, um, what are some things, what's, what, what's, what's, what's the first point that we have when, when, when talking about how to do that biblically? Yeah, so... Um, you know, we're going to go through these four, but one, it should, it should never be apart from the authority of scripture. Uh, there you go. Yep. So, yep. um, and both Josh and I agree that that comes from, uh, our proof text for that is second Timothy, uh, three, 16 through 17. Right. And really it's, some of it is not like, um, I think a lot of people are going to say, well, it's my it's my opinion, yeah. But it should be the opinion of the text that's telling us that, and the authority that the scripture gives us, right? Versus sola sola feelings, sola feelings, <laughs> dude. Sola sola, sola opiniotis. <laughs> yeah. First opinions. First chapter opinions. Three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man. Anyway, it's so true. It's so true. But yeah, I mean that that is. I think that has to be primary. If we are going to call a brother or sister in Christ, if we're going to call someone out because of their sin. It's a must and it's a no brainer in my mind. But, but for so many, in so many instances, this doesn't seem to be the case, but we have to have scripture as our authority for that. We yeah. can't go to that person with our opinion and be like, well, it's my opinion that you shouldn't be doing this. So therefore this, this, and this, and this, right. It's not that our opinions, you know, don't hold weight, but when it comes to the, when it comes to calling someone to task, calling someone out because of their sin, I believe that we must, if we're going to do that, be able to point to scripture and show them in their life where they are out of step Right. Because if we can't yeah. do that, if we can't actually look into scripture and say, OK, this is where you are falling short. This is where you are not holding to the standard to which you are called to live. It is most likely a matter of conscience. Mm-hmm. And we need to approach that instance very differently than we would sin. Right. And the problem when we raise our opinions to the level uh, that 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 or when when we raise our opinions to that level, we are creating a scenario and an environment where our opinions and our interpretation of scripture is the authority, and not scripture itself, which is a very yeah, dangerous even, place to be. <laughs> yeah, and even uh, as we talk about this, this is pertinent for the text that we're talking about because the text that we're proof texting is is saying to us all scripture is inspired by God is profitable for teaching and for rebuking and for correcting and for training in righteousness Mm -hmm. so that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete equipped for every good work. So that's, that's why we say what we say because scripture is going to use (laughs) and profit us when we rebuke somebody because we're being told in the text that it is good for us to do that and it is empowering the text and scripture is in, 
empowering us to do that so that we might be more shaped and molded into righteousness Mm -hmm. so that our works may reflect Jesus's works. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Great point. All right. So that's number one. Number two here, um, rules for rebuking someone in the local church. Number two is that it should always be for the purpose of reconciliation and restoration. Right. Um, And I would go to Galatians chapter six for that. Uh, It's actually Galatians chapter six, uh, verse uh, one is actually going to be the proof text for the next couple. Um, Galatians chapter six, verse one says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in in a spirit of gentleness. Right. Um, And then uh, the second half of the verse is keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So that word restore in the original language denotes it, it. It's the same. It's the same image of setting a bone, setting a broken bone back mm-hmm. to its original state where it was right yeah. and where it was good. Right. So when we are tasked with the job of of rebuking a brother or sister that has found themselves in sin, the purpose of that should always be to bring them back to a place where they are right. Bring yeah. the relationship back to where it is right. Right? It's a reconciliation and a restoration. All right? Both of those things. So I think so many individuals at times will go through this process and will intentionally, maybe through their the, the language that they use, the methods that they use, they will intentionally attempt to isolate the individual because if a person feels isolated uh, at times, they're going to be more apt to do and respond in the way that you want them to. And it's actually a very manipulative tactic to do. Right. And that's not how we are supposed to do it. It should always be for the purpose of bringing them back, bringing them back into the fold, right? That sheep that has gone astray, bring them back in. Don't continue to isolate them as some sort of weird means of punishment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, <clears throat> that's a good point too. Um, so there's a couple different instances where church discipline and rebuking has happened in our local church. Mm-hmm. And there's one recent event that it hasn't gone well. And so, but it, it was a situation to where we asked the person to to try and be at another local church. Mm-hmm. And if that's not possible, then the ways in which restoration are going to happen are not going to happen. Right. Because sure. you're not really, you're not really uh, repenting from the rebuking that we're giving you. Sure. Right now. Sure. I think another instance had happened as well too, but that time it was very public and it was very known, but it went, I think it was just last year where it went remarkably well, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And it remit, and it went to the point to where that person used to be in a place of ministry within the church. Uh, and this is right before my wife and I joined that local church as well, too. Yeah. And so that, that kind of rebuking and kind of reproving and reproaching and church discipline was happening. And out of that actually came a lot of good reconciliation that happened from that a lot of repentance nice from that certain person uh that was called to basically called in rebuke from our local church but then 
also called to repent, but we, there was a process that was very public and it was very known, but it was a way that, which I hadn't seen that happen in a local church before mm-hmm. to where the person who is getting rebuked and reproved and reproached and under church discipline was still a part of the local church, still coming every Sunday, still a part of the, of the service of the Lord's day, as far as like sitting in, maybe not leading Mm -hmm. as far as like communion or anything along those lines, like the ordinances. Um, but it produced a lot of good fruit, um, that kind of, that showed that that reconciliation can happen again. Yeah. And, I think that that is something that you should always try and pray for mm-hmm. that when you're rebuking somebody and that you're trying to, you know, you're ultimately maybe leading towards church discipline mm-hmm. that that should be like the rod should not just be the the means to the end. Right. 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 It should be the fact that you are trying to actually restore this person in the Lord like that, like the text says that you just... Uh, that we're proof texting here out of Galatians, that we're trying to set that bone back into place yeah. Yeah. by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the Spirit's ministry and in the work of the church. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, those those are two things that come out, that stand out to me very recently that have happened. Yeah. That have good, seen both the good and the bad. Yeah, so. yeah. And it's always such a joy when you see it go well, right? And, and you have that brother or sister restored. Right back into the fold. There, that should be a moment of such joy and celebration for the body. Uh, and you know, I think of the the prodigal son. Right, the, the 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 father receives him back home after being 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 astray, and he throws a party. Right, and it's a celebration. Like our our brother, our sister who was lost has now been found, and they're back home. Right, it's a it's a cause for rejoicing when it goes well. Um, Jack, what do we got for number three? All right. Number three, like we said, um, this is going back to what Josh said in Galatians should always be in a spirit of gentleness. Mm, Yeah. Um, This is. And so we kind of have some cliff notes here. It's not your time to um, (laughs) like this, like this regional manager from this. Yes. Like like Jack's like Jack's (laughs) meeting this morning. (laughs) It's not it's not your time. To where you find this default in this person, yeah. and it's just you, you think it's an open door to just go off on them about how <laughs> you know stuff is yeah. wrong and everything like that. Yeah, um, not your time to vent. This is really this isn't a venting yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, this is not a venting time because honestly, like I've I've had to uh, do this. I've had to rebuke people before. And I've had to do it in a way where I really have to watch my tone. Oh, yeah. I really have to watch the words that I say, especially if they're newer believers, Mm -hmm. because I feel like newer believers, yes, they may be apt to kind of stumble a bit, but you have to lay the groundwork for why you're saying what you're saying, why why you're doing what you're doing, and why you're telling them the truth out of, out of scripture and using also kind of biblical theology to kind of show them where that folly is. Right. So, right. Yeah. Tone and gentleness are very important. Yeah. In rebuking. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah, It's extremely important. Yeah. It has to be in gentleness. You can't just use the time where you know that they're already vulnerable to then 
kind of just go off on everything that you're frustrated with. Right. That is not how that's not how we deal with brothers and sisters in Christ. That's not how we deal with rebuke. Right. And if that is the way that you engage in it, you're doing it wrong. It has to be with a spirit of gentleness, not your time to get on a soapbox and tell them everything you think they're doing wrong and and why. Right. That's not that's that's not that's not how that's not how we do things. Right. So many Mark Driscoll jokes. I oh, hundred percent. Like <laughs> it's not your time oh, for Drisky business. That is not what we uh, do. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, final one, uh, number four. And I and look, I mean, this isn't an exhaustive list. Obviously, there are there are yeah. many many things to keep in mind when rebuking someone in the Lord. But we we wanted to kind of try to try to distill it down as much as we could, right? And Jack, this this is a big one. This is a big one, especially for us reformed folk, right? Oh, yeah. uh, uh, this is a really important one to remember, and it's one that I think a lot of people, uh, and again, myself included, I have been here so many times, right? A lot of people forget, right? And it's when we are rebuking someone in the Lord, right? We've gone through all of these. It shouldn't be apart from the authority of Scripture, right? It should always be for the purpose of reconciliation and restoration, it should always be in a spirit of gentleness. This final one, it should always be with the understanding that it is only by the grace of God that you stand. Right? First yeah. uh, Corinthians 10, 12. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stand stands take heed lest he fall. Right? Mm-hmm. When we are called to rebuke a brother or sister, we must never do so in a spirit of haughtiness thinking in some way either uh you know either overtly or or subversely that we are better than they are that because yeah. i am the rebuker and you are the rebukee if you will uh this defines the relationship and this is something that yeah. we need to keep in mind that i am here because i am uh, more mature or I've overcome this better than you have, or I understand the scriptures better than you, right? Um, We have to be very careful to understand that it is only by the grace of God that we stand, right? And at any moment, at any moment, if God wished, he could remove his hand of restraining grace on your life, and you, my friend, would see very quickly how much the old man still fights. It would not take long. That It is only by the grace of God that you are in that position. Because you know what? Tomorrow, the roles could be easily reversed. And the person oh, yeah. that you are rebuking right now would have the authority to rebuke you in your sin. Because that's how the relationships work. Right. Yeah. That's how that's how the church works. Um, there's this story about Charles Spurgeon that I have been that I have been told. And again, I'll have to have our, our resident expert, Ed, Ed Romine cross cross exit cross reference this for me. Um, yeah. But I have been I've been told that it is true. So, uh, you know, if it's not, it's still it still gives a, it still is a good word picture. But I have heard that it was uh, attributed to Spurgeon. It's a story about Spurgeon um, being tasked with the duty of uh, confronting a member 
of his church who had been caught in adultery. He had cheated on his wife, this man, right? And Spurgeon, as, as is wise, takes one of his fellow elders with him, right, to confront this man. They're in the carriage, and they're driving to his house. And, and along the way, uh, the other elder sitting opposite Spurgeon is bemoaning the task that they are are undertaking, saying things like, um, I, I just can't believe that this man would do this sort of thing. He has a beautiful wife. He has wonderful children. I just don't understand. I don't understand how someone could get to this point to where they cheat on their wife and they they have this level of sin in their life, right? And as the story goes, Spurgeon allowed him to finish you know, speaking these things. And then he 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 sticks his hand outside the carriage and taps it with his cane and tells the driver to turn around. And the other elder is confused. And he's like, I thought I thought we had a task to do. Why, why did you tell the driver to turn around? And as the story goes, Spurgeon looked at the elder and simply said, we are not the men to do this. And I, I want that story to so I want it so badly to be true. Because yeah. in that story, it it's describing how if you have a spirit of pride, which is what this is, right? And a misunderstanding of your own depravity and a misunderstanding of God's grace, his, his restraining and sustaining grace in your life, you are in no position to be doing any rebuking. Yeah. If you think... Yeah that the reason you do not fall has anything to do with your own strength and not the complete and total grace of God. You do not understand what sin is. You don't understand what grace is. You don't, you are not in a position to be confronting or rebuking anybody. Yeah. And we got to remember that. Because so many individuals, and again, myself included, struggle with getting that relationship backwards. That's like, oh, you know, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad I haven't, I'm glad I haven't done this. And it's just the fair, it's just the Pharisee all over the place. Lord, thank you for not making me like this, like this tax collector. You know, thank you for thank you for giving me so much so much grace and so much wisdom to be able to to dispense it upon the little man. You know, um, and that's a horrible spirit, Jack. And it's a spirit that if yeah. left unchecked by the authority of Scripture, it will bring you low. And it is a matter of time before you fall. Yeah. 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 It's um, yeah. Uh, in in the words of many different hip hop artists, uh, you better check yourself before you. Wreck yourself, okay? <laughs> I love it. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I like to think um, that if Spurgeon knew those lyrics, that is exactly what he would say. He'd look at his elder um, and said, "My friend, check yeah. thyself before thy wreck thyself." <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically like what what we're kind of getting at. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You do have to, yeah, there, there is a, I, I think that when you're rebuking somebody too, there, there should be an element of, 
like we've gone through in these other three steps, mm-hmm. there should be an element also too of like love and compassion for this person. Absolutely. Um, in the sense that, uh, you know, I've I've been on the I've been on the I've been on certain ends where when rebuking somebody, I could relate with the person that I was rebuking. And mm-hmm. I basically had to walk with them through that sometimes too. So mainly because I became a Christian in kind of more my adult life yeah. and, you know, of 18 where you have more cognitive ability and you can remember things and more things that are, are kind of in your face, especially on a college campus where I was converted at versus maybe in, in an environment that's more controlled. So, um, yeah, I think part of it too is just having love and compassion for the person that you're rebuking Yep. and, and having that as, as also kind of a foundational element too, because you're trying like Josh and I have said, you're not trying to kick them out of the church. I think so many people, take rebuke and church discipline as let's just kick them out. Right. You know, just, just give me a reason and I'll kick them out. And it's just like, okay, that's not the point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The point is if, if they are truly of the elect, like you're going to restore them. Sure. And it's not just let's kick out everybody that doesn't look like us or act like us or sin the way that we sin. And we don't call it. Um, so yeah, it's it's you're gonna have to take some time, I think, if you're gonna rebuke somebody, um, to really like dig deep in your soul mm-hmm. and and humble yourself too, um, with also with the text that we looked at because yeah, you could be in the same position that this person is. Yeah, if you start to get puffed up. And if you start to get prideful and if you think that, you know, I'm going in, I'm, I'm rebuking this person because I'm on the A team of the local church right. to rebuke people. Right. That ain't it. Yeah. That ain't it. <laughs> like if that's, if that's your stance of like, you're the, you're the heavy of the local church and you're just trying to, you know, do your, do your work for Jesus this way. Nope. I don't, it's not going to go think well. You've, you, yeah. I don't think you got got half of the understanding of what it means to rebuke, reprove and reproach people in the local church. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. All good points, man. There's plenty more that could be said, but those, those are just some thoughts that we've had. So when you interact with your brothers and sisters and, you know, you, you, you come across things that, you know, not even perhaps instances where rebuke is necessary, but maybe there's just some disagreements some disagreements in, you know, things, uh, you know, maybe application of Scripture, interpretation of Scripture, where conversations need to be had. These are good things to remember for that as well, right? Uh, Always be gentle and always understand that it's only by the grace of God that you stand, right? So we hope that these are kind of just just some encouraging conversation for you. Um, And uh, yeah, we, we... it's been something that's been on our, our minds for, for a little bit, and we just thought we'd share it with you guys. So we hope it was encouraging and at least worth worth the episode. So, Jack, my friend, we are out of time. Big Eva has sung. She yes, has sung loudly. Has. Why don't you get us out of here, my man? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you appreciate Josh and I's attempt to 
make the local church central to the believer's life. You can follow us on what we call the sociables, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yes, those dirty little things called social media. That's right. Uh, you can follow us on the Facebook, the Metaverse, the Instagram. Goes well with chocolate marshmallow. And uh, the sociable, formerly known as Twitter, X, all at the tag at Reformatory Pod. You can drop us a question about uh, or a clarification about one of the episodes, uh, either this episode or previous episodes. Mm-hmm. You can ask us. Uh, you can maybe drop us some episode ideas that you might like. We do like those. Um, we like those a lot. Uh, or um, you could give us uh, some different pointers on how to rebuke people from the script. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might support us further on other different platforms. That's right. Well, if you uh, enjoy what you hear on this reformatory podcast and you're like, huh, I would like to see what I hear, you can head on over to YouTube. <laughs> We've got a YouTube channel where the videos of these uh, episodes go up every week. So it's uh, head on over there, search for the Reformatory Podcast, like, comment, subscribe, hit the little bell for notifications, as the kids say these days. Uh, we would greatly appreciate some ratings and reviews. Uh, we really enjoy those on Spotify or Apple. Five stars for five solas. We would really, really appreciate that. Last but not least, we have a Patreon. Uh, and we like to think that our Patreon is pretty great. You get some awesome bonus content. You get uh, bonus episodes, multiple, every week. Sometimes they range from the serious to the comical. I just shared a Spurgeon devotional uh, that I really, really uh, uh, enjoyed uh, last week, and uh, it was well-received. We have a reformatory chat where all manner of shenanigans happen there. We got uh, tobacco suggestions and food suggestions and just, just, just a lot of fun stuff. Right. Random DoorDash. Random DoorDash drama. Off. Dude, you got to, okay, you got to join Patreon to hear my life. Jack's my DoorDash life drama. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that on these episodes that we're just about to record. Jack had an amazing DoorDash drama last week, dude. And it, 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 it's, it, it entails Jack getting six large sprites and multiple Hello. burger combos delivered to his house. But if you want to hear more about this amazing, this amazing story, you got to head on over to Patreon. It's only five dollars a month, people. That's an energy drink a month. That's a coffee a month. We really appreciate. Cheaper than a Starbucks. It's cheaper drink. than a Starbucks drink. It really is. So for a five dollar holla, you too could become a Patreon supporter. And our pledge to you, if you do that, is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, hallowed, hallowed through the halls of the podcast. That is our pledge to you. We thank you all for listening. And we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory. <laughs>